I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. Support for Lost Words podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the champions in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0, all across Europe. Joining 2 billion men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We give you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. Jason, another week for the podcast. Um, just recovered from the slaughtering at Whistling Straits. Um, there's uh, plenty of puns there. I think there was, uh, I can't even remember all of them, but I used Dire Straits anyway. That was my call uh, when Gmate was looking for uh, the Miracle Medina quotes. But um, not the unexpected result, was it? I think, you know, I know you sort of had a little bit of hope for Europe, but ultimately they're, they're the better players and that showed up this week. Yeah, we were crap. <laughs> There's not really much else to say, is there? I we mean, didn't turn up. I mean, at the end of the day, we didn't turn up. There were, you know, there were a couple of matches where where there was faint hope, um, but ultimately, um, you went halfway through most of the matches on Friday. We were stuffed. Um, yeah, you know, Fleetwood and Hovland had a chance. I, 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 people. Have, I'm not going to have a go at Hovland, but you know he did. No, I'm not going to have a go. Well, he was, he was up in every match and lost all of them, or halved his singles match. Yeah, didn't I he? think that I think his his. Uh, I mean, look, you can't knock his teeth green stuff, but I, I think um, ultimately that miss on the final hole last night um, when he had a chance to win the hole. Um, yeah, I think that said quite a lot. It was, you know, stunning, and then and then you know, crap. Quite no. I know that uh, you, need, you need people with you need people with um, Tita Green isn't going to do it you know it'll do it it'll do it week I'm not again I'm not having to go at him I'm, I'm, I'm just saying you know to win this it's gonna it needs more than that it, it, you know it needs it needs balls it needs commitment you know you look at Lowry for example you, you know I'm not saying he wasn't as committed but we've seen this in his in his play week in week out. Um, having said that, you know, he may do a, a Morikawa and um, somehow next year find a confident putting stroke that Morikawa now seems to have. Um, and, and I'm sure he'll be, he'll be winning loads. But, but it's it, 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 a lot of them didn't suit what was, what was going on this week. And, and, you know, Hatton was crap, basically. Um, again, Porter and Rory were crap until they got left alone on their own and then and then sort of um, internal strength came through really uh, what else you know what's because Johnny Rahm was brilliant really obviously seemed like he got knackered but yeah ultimately yeah I mean yeah for me they, they I, I, I didn't like the way the Americans acted during some of it um, but you know if we just take the golf they were excellent you know, Dust, Dustin was outstanding. You know, brilliant partnership with Colin Mokawa. Bryce DeChambeau's par five, on whatever it was, was it Saturday, Friday, was just, it was just unbelievable, wasn't it? He, he, he tries it 17 yards on. He tries it 10 times, it goes wrong. It does go wrong. And, mm-hmm. and we saw it, but 
you know that was that was brilliant that was the greatest par five ever played as far as I'm concerned um, and there we are you know Brooks Kepka's turning into Brooks Kepka whatever I'm not going to get sued um, and Jordan Spieth is Jordan Spieth isn't he you know it's it's he's not having fun unless he's uh, really struggling so but they were better they were miles better and, and I'll just be honest with you I thought that um, 99 was um, probably a point less than America deserved yeah, I thought it was a 28 match. And look, I, there's been a lot of defence over Podrick Harrington's choices over the week. I think a lot of the players probably feel like, one, they have to say it, and two, it probably is different when you're amongst it because you take a lot of the blame yourself and you know you don't really want to go out publicly and, and trash someone unless you're the American team. But he put he spent all week basically saying it wasn't going to be Rahman Garcia, um, and then it was, and that was fine. That worked out really, really well. Um, Garcia played his bit for, you know, for the morning on the Friday, um, and you know, in the morning Saturday, Ram sort of carried it at times. Um, I just wanted Rory and Hovland. Like, I just, I just felt like Rory just always seems to get put with someone that is struggling. I mean, he was with Sullivan at Hazeltine, Olison in Paris. Um, you know, I was struggling or new to it. Poulter as I said, was playing well and, you know, he has obviously his Ryder Cup uh, history, but in the pairs format and, and on this golf course, I felt like it was a, a tough reach for him. And, it, and I just it just looked to me like McElroy just didn't want to be in that pair. And I know you can't really say that that's all it was because his game just clearly wasn't there. I think he made one eagle and no birdies over the, the, the four walls and foursomes. Um, but you saw on Sunday, you know, he could play that golf course pretty handily. And I just wonder if he'd got put with Lowry in that first that first session or, or Hovland uh, and then the same again on Saturday when he was when he was dropped out whether that was just because I, c- I couldn't really understand the point of dropping him like I, f- I just thought it was pointless I just thought you're, you're trying to evoke a reaction but that's alright if you've got really talented players waiting in the wings if you're wheeling out Westwood and Fitzpatrick as a pairing again um, and then going over to Hovland and Weisberger as a, as a pairing that have probably never spoken to each other in their lives um you know, it, it just felt like the wrong decision to me, which is easy to say when we've been drubbed 19-9. But, yeah, I just... I was surprised, really, the people that did did get their singles points yesterday. I was surprised that Westwood got his. Really good to see. Um, I was surprised that Lowry sort of faltered against Patrick Cantley, but I suppose Patrick's obviously been in, in great form. Hovland, like you say, back and forth for Morikawa. Um Dustin obviously got taken right to the end by Paul Casey after Casey decided not to get a point all week. I think that was the most surprising for me, obviously being very bullish on him, just how poor he had been at some point during the week. I just felt the pairings were wrong. Like those, those first foursomes that went out it just felt awful. Like Ryman Garcia was the only one I could actually see going our way. And, and I kind of gave Hov, Casey and Hovland hope because DJ's got a poor foursomes record. Morikawa's potentially injured still. Um, and that quickly got put to bed. And and after you saw DJ and Morikawa play the way they did, and you knew Westwood and Fitzpatrick were going out a couple of times, I just felt like there wasn't any hope really. Um, I think I think perhaps you know Rory thought that that a lot was on his shoulders really. Um, See, I, 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 I genuinely think it's the opposite. I think he prefers it when it's all on him. And the fact that John Rahm was getting the kind of plaudits and he was seen as a leader it kind of took until it was all on his shoulders out on number one on the Sunday to put the points on early for him to really wake up 
made us a bit harsh looking at the way that he was talking on Sunday that he felt he'd let people down and you know it, you know like you say you can't really second guess people but it just felt like you know Podrick's been getting an awful lot of benefit of the doubt I think for things that he was clearly in control of and, and made some really crap decisions personally but you know they were just crap I mean at the end of the day that's you know I think as someone said you know it happens doesn't it yeah. Uh, well, happened, it happened to them in Paris, didn't it? But that was obviously like the, the course was so much less suited to them in Paris as it was for us this year. Like I know they were favoured on the course, and they had the bigger, you know, the bigger hitters and things like that. But you look at the actual matches, and none of it was really down to a lack of length that we got beat. It was just a lack of execution. It was just like people just flying greens and just taking on shots they couldn't hit and. It was it was just ridiculous. It was never they didn't win because of the additional length. They won because they were just so good tee to green and, and they made the putts, you know. Every putt that you've seen Morikawa miss for the last couple of years, he was he was sinking in the hole. So when that there happens were, you can't beat him. Absolutely. There were there were some there were some very bad decisions made by by the by the team sort of tee to green. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But you, you know, know I think I think what right. you know, it, it's that thing about you know, watching DeChambeau, for example, do what he did and, and just ignoring it, you know. Just because you... I mean, I think there was a few people who tried to take that same line. McElroy was one. He was. And he got, he got caught Unstuck. in the rubbish. And, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then he could only advance it 50 yards or something. Um, that was interesting. It wasn't easy. I mean, you know, they're going on about the crowd and that, but, you know, they're professional sportsmen. I mean, I'm not saying you should be insulted by the crowd. But it should serve. Oh, as I never, spur. I never thought it was that bad. It should serve as a spur, though, shouldn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, look, you're paid a lot of freaking money every week. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and as they say, uh, you know, the English crowd aren't always the nicest to uh, visitors at the Ryder Cup when it's over here. So, um, you know, that's the way it is. It was rubbish. It was pretty forgettable for as far as from a European's point of view. Um, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. I think. A few people have put up who they expect to to represent us in the 2022 Ryder Cup. And if you say 2023, I'm saying this was 2021. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'd expect to see um, a couple of the people we might talk about this week there, for sure. Um, some of these are on their way out, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, look, Ian Poulter, I potentially think can make a run at Rome, but it, it's hard. Um, Westwood gave an interview earlier where he's basically said he's not ready to hang it up and although he's kind of odds on to be the captain so that's that's going to be interesting to see I I think there's probably eight players from this team that definitely go I think you've got Rory Lowry Rahm Sergio Hovland Hatton Fleetwood maybe Casey again um, I think Fitzpatrick will get a go I think he's been unlucky just to play two terrible courses for him but both away from home I expect Rose to feature back in there, and and Sam Horsfield to probably come up and maybe Guido on the home soil. Um, there was obviously a couple of shouts for the Hoygaard twins, yeah. and you know rightly so. I just my point was that for them to get in it, um, which they obviously can do, I think that Hoy, uh, Rasmus needs to win once more, and, and Nikolai maybe twice. I think that. You know, oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be a big, got to be a big event, isn't it? It's, it so, it's so weighted towards yeah. certain events; it's ridiculous. But 
Uh, I actually quite like. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I quite like Thomas Peters' chances. I do. Yeah. He's used to he's used to um, he's used to travelling. It won't matter to him where he plays. Um, and I I I, 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 I reply to I suppose it was Jamie who put his thing up anyway. I, I think he's um, I don't like him. I don't think I'll ever back him. But um, I, I think he's not far short of winning two or three. He's back. He's getting back to what what he does, isn't he? And that that's you know if he gets back to that form that he was in before Hazeltine, then then absolutely looks the right sort of player for it, doesn't he? Um, yeah, what it does say to me is that you know that that massive Alan Shipnut part of what came out you know before Paris where they were going to dominate for a decade and then everyone sort of turned their nose up. It does feel hard now to see how that isn't even in Rome. Like they've got enough players, I think they can adapt to that course. I, yeah, I agree. I, I would say that um, that we, we've always said it that they come out as athletes that can yeah. play golf and we are golfers yeah. um, but I think if you if you are mentioning the likes of Peters Dietrich the, the Hogar twins um, you know whoever Guido um, you know they're, they're they're sportsmen that play golf Yeah. so I, I think and I'm not knocking you know players of, of over the past you know 15-20 years that we'd love to watch over here but I don't know how to how to put it in words, really. They're sort of open players. They're I shouldn't say British in you know inverted commas open players. Uh, whereas I think the shape and the mentality of people that are coming through, the youngsters that are coming through, is much more a dedicated sportsman, yeah, rather than just a dedicated golfer. So uh, we are behind America, two, three, four years maybe, but. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think you know, there won't be, won't be that long before Ryder Cup is, is, is basically twenty-four, six foot three, lunkheads, um, <laughs> want of a better word, you know, gym bunnies, because um, I think that's the way it's going. I just think America are in front of us in that, in that respect. I think they've got a couple of, you know, the, the classically trained players still in there, though, haven't they? They've still got the Morikawas, the Cantleys, the Shoffelays, oh, um, Spieths. It just, okay. But like you say, that is going that way for that team in general. That the main core of their team is going that way. I, 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 so you brought up Morikawa. He's been brought up and he's been, you know, trained psychologically and physically the same way as uh, as ours. Hmm. You know, um, I mean, number one, he's miles apart in, in terms of age. Anyway, uh, but I, I would say you know he's they've been brought up with a different attitude and a different different way of being and I, th- I, I think that showed and, and like I say we tend to follow America in most things um, apart from fuel shortages um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think I think you'll see a different shape a different attitude a different type of a different type of golfer in oh, it might be 10 years yeah, yeah. but I, I think you'll look back here this week and, and they're brilliant don't be wrong you know these guys are great but I think when you see the 12 players in 10 years' time or 12 years' time, they will look and, and seem completely different to the players that are now. Yeah, no, I can I can go along with that. And I think that if that does happen, I think that we're just going to lag behind America for a number of years before it becomes a norm yep. over here. And 
and and that spells a bit of trouble. I mean, a, a couple of people they were putting up for teams, and I've already seen Vincent Norman mentioned purely because he can bomb it and stuff like that. And you, if you try and find players in the same mould as them when they've already got them and they're already light years ahead, you're playing the wrong game. You, you need to we need to take advantage of that that course in Rome. Um, it wasn't, you know, if it's set up anything like it was for the Italian Open, then they're going to rip us apart anyway. So we need to make it tougher and rough up and tighten it up and pinch the fairways and, and whatever else. Um, and then you've got to find the players in form on our side of things. So, I don't know, it's all speculation at this point. It's two years is such a long time in golf, isn't it, to, to try and figure that sort of thing out. So, but yeah, I, I do worry. I, I just wonder where, our, you know, we've got, we've had Victor Hovland come this week. Um and I don't see a Victor Hovland coming through anytime soon. And you know he he hasn't come. It hasn't been someone like him since Rahm come through, and it hasn't before him. There hadn't been someone before I don't know Fleetwood or whatever. So that they come in fits and spells. Fitzpatrick is meant to be one of those guys. So it it happens. Um, it just doesn't happen as regularly as it does for the Americans, and and that's what it is. Well, to be to be fair, I mean you know without being funny, Rahm and Hovland might as well. Yeah, they turn up on the American side. You've gone, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That that's the that's the worrying thing. I think that that encapsulates it exactly, you know, perfectly. That our two standout players on our team for the next Ryder Cup probably uh, are going to be people that are suited to American golf. Um, And if you try and beat them in their own game, you're probably going to fail. So. We shall see. Hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong, and, and hopefully in two years' time we're looking at a you know a much more even team, um, and, and there we go. But on to the Dunhill Link, shall we? Um, an event that is very very good for the European Tour. Um, there's going to be some weather this week. Looks like there's going to be rain on Thursday and horrendous winds on Friday. How you know quickly running through the top of the market there? We've got Shane Lowry, Billy Horshaw, and Tommy Fleetwood all tied at 14 to one. Um, Fleetwood and Lowry obviously coming back from the Ryder Cup as is Hatton at 16 to 1 Norren 16 to 1 and Perez 28 to 1 um, what's your thoughts on the players returning from the Ryder Cup for Europe well if you take Lowry out of the Ryder Cup I can see him being tipped by everybody yeah um, you know maybe not a 10 to 1 but I can see him being tipped by everybody but I, I, I mean no, they have done it haven't they Kyman was on a run and then he won um I just you watched that weekend. Could you really back anybody to win a golf tournament three, four, five days later across the other side of the Atlantic? No, absolutely not. I'm not saying they can't. We know now. We know Fleetwood. I mean, Hatton's out of form anyway. You couldn't have him for love nor money. I don't care. He's won twice, won three times, but he's not hitting the ball well enough at all. Um, Norren at 16 one's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, Lowry, you know, clearly, but you can't. I think Billy Horshaw is an absolute well-deserving joint favourite. I'm not going to back him at 14. We've discussed Billy Horshaw a number of times <laughs> over this year, and I'm not backing him at any price like that. But um, given I have a huge waiting for Wentworth, which I'll bore you to death with for a couple of minutes if you really want me to, um, his claims are absolute crystal. I mean, he, you know, a couple of weeks off, uh, striking the ball beautifully, really won't mind conditions at all. Whatever they took, whatever they turn, full of confidence. I mean, it's um, embraces everything, doesn't he? I, I, I got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, his tee looks absolutely rock solid. I mean, I'll do the PGA thing anyway because I've spent time doing it, <laughs> so I might as well. Perez was obviously second. Um, 
at the PGA behind Hatton, who's won here twice, should have won three times, and also won at Wentworth. Uh, Lucas Beargard was third behind, uh, I can't remember who he was behind, but he, Rory was second. Obviously, we know Rory should have won here at least, thinking three times. Um, Brandon Grace uh, was tied fifth in that, and obviously he's won here. In 2012, uh, Oliver Wilson was second in the PGA. He won here in uh, 14. I don't know if you was on. I know you're the biggest Oliver Wilson fan there is. Um, David Howell won in 2006 round uh, round uh, Wentworth. Um, 2013 here. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon Grace has got uh, fifth twice round Wentworth and has obviously won round here. And Kaima should have won at least one, I think, round here. I, I seem to remember one when he, he should have won. Um, or was likely to win. And he's got, you know, he's got four top 12s and he's seventh and tenth. So I place a huge weight on, on uh, Wentworth. Uh, as I say, Horschel's had the weeks off. He looks, I mean, he looks absolutely solid to me. Um, I find it amazing if he doesn't, if he doesn't contend. Um, having said that, like I say, you can't really back any of them because this tournament's thrown up 101 plus winners all over the place. Um, and I think you're looking at that... Um, 7, 14, 21. Uh, 21 and 12 is 28. So, shorten 3 to 1 for the top 5 to win. No, thank you. I'll add another one, other name into that mix that someone has been looking at who's yeah, pretty out of form. But Danny Willett is obviously one at Wentworth, 2nd, 5th and 6th here. So, just another name to yeah, sort of add to your list there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it's... The one thing that frightens me with the Dunhill links as ever is that, you know you can't predict it it's just something's going to happen the weather's going to happen to a player who happens to be on the the carnoustie you know instead of king's barns on that day and and just get put behind the eight ball and you can't really odds that until the seasons come out i mean i mean um you know we've seen you know we've seen people go around st andrews in what 62 63 yeah plenty of times when it's when it's great because it, if the wind's blowing in the right direction i mean the, the, you know it's just mincemeat to them you cannot you can't really miss the fairway can you no um and if the wind's with you, you can just drive everything. It just runs up, and, and there we are. Um, having said that, we'll see Roy McElroy shoot, you know, 976 <laughs> and lose the Open. So, um, you're wind-dependent. You can't possibly predict it. Um, I think for anyone serious, uh, on tourtips.com, there is, uh, on the left-hand side, there is a weather tab. And you can put in, it's very, very useful for two balls and three balls. You go to the weather and type in European Tour, select European Tour from drop down, select the wind that we're expecting it to be, so more than 20. And you can have a look how players perform, where, where they move up and down in the various rounds. And I think that's very useful for certainly final day two balls um, and uh, maybe three balls throughout the week. So You can, um, you can do it by weather as well, can't you? Rain, overcast, dry. Um, very good tool. Um, you know, and, and, and Tour Tips is obviously full of that. And I think that the one, you know, obviously, the one thing I generally tend to use tour tips for is 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 the strokes gain approach and the tees are green and everything. But I obviously like the location forms. Just see what they're like in Scotland in general. I like the, um, I just like positions per round. So often, you see a player that's got a 50 second here or, or something really mundane. Um, and I use that one because of something I'm going to come on to later, but. You know, you see them in 50 seconds, you think, oh, they didn't really do anything that week. They shot 63, you know, in round two or whatever, um, and just and just have one bad round. Um, so, yeah, I think there's something you need to look at. I think there's, 
as me and you say, Jason, you know, we spend so much time researching things and so much time producing content here, there and everywhere. And, and sometimes there's so many tools and tool tips that we don't get the chance to use them all. Um, yeah. Obviously, we did a we did a podcast back with Stanley, but we you know, it must be a couple months ago now, um, where he sort of run, run us through some of the um, bits that we hadn't used before, pointing out some of the popular things that he likes, explaining the adjusted score as well. So certainly would uh, advise you go back to that and listen to that as well. Um, because, it, you know, I think personally, I mean, my results haven't been the best uh, in terms of outright winners, but I think that generally every week, Jason, we've got someone in the mix, um, you know, tends to be that Saturday kills us or Sunday kills us or whatever, and we lose interest. But the, the process, I think, is there. I think the process has been there for since we've had this tool. I know you've been using it for a number of years. This is my sort of first year of using it properly, um, and, and that's a massive help to us. But more on to the to the picks themselves thomas peters you already mentioned i think that he's like you said he's, he's ran into some form 28 to 1 looks a bit on the shorter side i guess he's he's never done anything better than what he done in his debut here has he and, and he's kind of struggled and i can't see him being the type of person that fights weather conditions not just because he hasn't got the play to do it but i think mentally he could easily check out if things go a little bit wrong on a couple of holes but it does look like he's returning some sort of form Tate Green's fantastic recently. He went missing, didn't he, halfway through the Dutch Open uh, yeah. uh, when he and then and then came again. Uh, but that is him, isn't it? Him and, and his compatriot Dietrich, they're yeah, very, very similar, aren't they? Um, one's done it, one hasn't, but you could easily have said it's the other way around. If you'd have said Peters has won three, Dietrich has won none, you wouldn't be surprised. Um, absolutely flying. I mean, his Tate Green figures are brilliant. Um, in fact, you know, everything except off the tee, really, where he's struggling. And that won't really matter apart from Carnoustie. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. He was ninth at the Dutch Open. Your mate, Carl Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. Yep. He designed um, that KLM course and uh, obviously designed King Barnes here. Um, he hasn't got the greatest record around here, but like you say, this is it's, it's a test of temperament, isn't it? Because you've got, you know, you've got very, very slow rounds. Around here, obviously, with the hangers on and the ne'er do wells. Um, but if he can cope with it, I mean, I'm not saying he could back him at 28, but it makes perfect sense because if, dri- if driving is the only thing that's holding him back and it's not really going to make any difference on at least two rounds, possibly three, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a runner, isn't he? Yeah, the other one at that price is Brandon Grace, who has obviously played well recently. Uh, one not that long ago, obviously, on the PGA Tour. Um, back at the Puerto Rico Open, was a little while ago now, I suppose, but we've seen him play well. You know, he's won this event, as you said, uh, and, and the Wentworth form that you spoke about. He's been second in the Scottish Open, um, just generally plays, he's played well in the Open Championship, just played links incredibly well in the past. So he would be a runner as well. I think both of them are just probably about the right price and not really missed. Um, like you say, I think with Peters, it might be just as much playing the, the long rounds with a partner who does want to play with more than, than anything else. But for the first time, I think maybe ever on the podcast, I'm actually going to put Robert McIntyre up. Um, he was 40 to 1 earlier. 35 to 1 doesn't really deter me. Um, you know, his form just fell off a cliff. And I think there's two reasons, two contributing factors for that, which are. You know, substantial. He was, I think he probably got caught up in the Ryder Cup talk, which wasn't his fault. He was playing well at the time. Everyone said he was nailed on. 
he probably then thought he might be nailed on as I can get a couple of results. Finishes at eighth place at the Open after just making the cut. Fifteenth uh, at the WGC. And then he tries to chase a PJ Tour card. A Corn Ferry Tour finals. I just think two weeks removed from, from playing Wentworth. The Ryder Cup in the rear view mirror now. I just think it will free him up. He's now playing the Dunhill Lynx, which not just because he's Scottish will actually suit him. Um, I don't think any adverse weather conditions is going to bother him at all. Yeah, I, I think I think he's got a great chance. I I think there's, I mean, the 40 to one just looked big for me. That was the, the main eye catcher. But he was 26th on debut. Was 70. He shot 71 on the open day, which put him for 104th. And he sort of was inside the top 20 after three rounds, back to back 66s, and and a 70 on the final day left him in 26. So. I thought that was decent enough on, on his debut and you think he's going to win Open Championship at some point in the future. I think he could probably win this this week. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do think he'll win the Open at some <laughs> point. Um, and in fact, as we all know, he should have been probably fourth um, at the Open anyway. Um, but he, as, he, as he was taking that, that um, drive on the final par five, he looked around, gave me a wink and then screwed it all up. <laughs> um Cheers, Bob. Um, hasn't gone much right since then, actually, to be honest with you. It's not. The July. Um, and never mind. Um, uh, yeah, I, I actually think he'll go okay, but it, to me, he didn't stand out this week. I, I appreciate everything you say. I, I, I need to see that he's back, um, to be honest. Um, I, I just think if we wait for him to be back, he's going to be 20 to 1 again. Yeah, that's that's very, very fair argument. Yeah, and. And I'm just trying to catch him on the hope that he's he's had his two weeks at home, he's got everything behind him, because it must be, you know, I was very critical of him pretty much throughout the year just to go against the grain, I think, and and I just I just thought they overplayed it so much, like oh he's a certainty to win the Ryder Cup, he's going to win a major, blah blah blah, and and I just thought just let the boy play, let him do what he does, let him keep impressing his major records, very impressive. Oh, that must that must actually have a you know you, you don't I don't think many people just sit there and search the name on Twitter but a lot of them do and if he'd done that and then listened to back to the Sky broadcast and everything like that he's going to think he's on top of the world and all of a sudden he has a couple of missed cuts and he, and he wonders what the hell he's doing and yeah. you get caught out you know try and chase a PJ Tour card that's not easy whereas on the Corn Ferry or, or through the PJ Tour events it's a difficult thing to do to dedicate we've seen so many good players from the European Tour chase the, the PJ Tour dream and fail. I mean, you know, a completely different end of the spectrum in terms of, of probably raw potential. But Fernandez Castaño famously was was a you know very multiple winner on the European Tour and just completely ruined his career going over to America. Cabrera Bello did it for a little while. It, it doesn't. It's so hard to do. It's a completely different school of you know of golf. So I just think hopefully getting back to his, his roots, getting back to an event that he'll love. Um, We'll soon find out whether he is as good a link as, as people would say he is. His open championship record suggests that he should be. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take a chance on him. Um, I'd even probably just go a bit of win only in exchange if he went out to a bigger price later in the week for, for some reason. Um, probably won't now, but but 35 to 1, seven places is fine for me on McIntyre. Yeah, yeah can't argue with And And the other one at a similar sort of price was Johannes Veerman, who... Me and you were sort of speaking about off air. Um, I think you're you're sort of keen on him too. He's got a win and eighth and a sixth in his last five starts. 
He was he was third at the Irish, eighth at the Scottish, um, sixth at the Dutch Open, which you just spoke about the Carl Phillips course. I just mentioned, obviously, you see people finish in 52nd place and think they've done nothing, and and it was him. He, he shot 63 at Kings Barnes on debut in 2019, and I know that, like you say, that's a pretty easy course and a lot of people score there, but you have to still do it. And and I like the fact that he's gone there and shot that really low score because. You need the guys that are going to take advantage of that better course, get themselves into position. And and the obvious knock's going to be, can he cope with the adverse weather conditions, you know, being an American golfer. and But he's done it. He's played He's played one in, in, in Scottish, in the Irish. Okay, there wasn't a lot of weather there. But until he shows you he can't play in that really bad weather, until he gets caught out in the wind, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, again, apart from the, the Whitworth thing, I've got the teeter green greens and Reagan approaches, I think, which is, a, which is about really. I think the pattern on these greens is pretty unique um, on some of them that, that stuff happens. I'm not I'm not convinced you necessarily need to be a great putter. You need to know what you're doing. You need to get speed right day to day. But, um, you know, like I say, we've seen some, some you know, outsiders win here. And, and I think just keeping it tidy and, getting it on the greens and knowing what to do in these conditions is more important than actually having done it, if, if that makes sense. Yep. So, I mean, there are a number of players that appear three times, like, sort of once on each of those lists. And, uh, yeah, Veerman was one of them. So, um, yeah, I think he was 30, 25th and then 33rd at Wentworth after rounds two and three, and then just went missing in, in the final round, 78. Um, so... Not particularly worried about that. Obviously, you say top 10 Scottish Open, um, finishing with a 65. He's interesting because I, I thought he looked, I actually did think he looked very calm. We said before, you know, once you've won, obviously you've got exemptions and, and you can be a lot more relaxed. Hmm. You know, and that's why somebody like his compatriot, Sean Crocker, who we'll probably talk about, yep. um, it's why somebody like him looks so tense when he gets down to it. I'm, I'm, you know, when Crocker wins or another one I'll talk about, uh, the infamous non-winner um, when they do it and they will do it um, you just watch them free up and, and that's what Veerman looked like at the Dutch last time he was he was smiling away and he, he loved it so um be interesting to see what he does like you say we're not sure about the wind but yeah he's playing well so why not also just just uh, before we move on any further just, just to counter the point about what we I think we're both in agreement of uh, coming back from the Ryder Cup, I think it was the President's Cup, wasn't it? Where, where they, it was it seven of the next ten winners on the PGA Tour came from that that President's Cup, and I think yeah, five yeah, of them yeah, were yeah. international players. But I think there's a there's a, a definite difference in the fact that the international players went there knowing probably they were going to get beat, and actually put up a pretty impressive fight. People like Anser and, and Cameron Smith and that did did themselves some good, whereas the okay. Europeans were just heavily dealt a blow and, uh, and yeah. crucified. I've not seen. Um, it may have happened, but I've not seen players sort of visually so upset hmm. about losing something as 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 they were. Um, you know, Lowry, for example, put so much into it. Ruined, wasn't he? Absolutely ruined. I mean, you know, Rory obviously collapsed basically, um, couldn't cope. Uh, Poulter was was in tears at the mess, end. Yeah. So what was the, what that dressing room was like last night? Um, well, Rory was dancing with the American team in the end. Don't know if you saw that video, but um, that's not criticism. Be, he's he's entitled to go and cheer himself up and, and meet probably most of his friends. Yeah, in but there. ultimately, you're, you're going to come back and you're going to have all the press 
you know, you're coming back over here and you're going to have all that, obviously not Rory, but you're going to have all the press talking about that and, and you know, and answering questions and your mind's going to go back to basically everything you did wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, you know, it, as you say, it's different. It's different from coming back and, and having a great time. They did not have a good time. No. And, and so to get on the plane this morning or whenever it was and fly over here and get all that from when you land and, and, and press at, at the golf course and having to get involved in, you know, these shit amateurs and stuff like that is, um, it's not really conducive. I mean, I'm not saying you want to put 50 to one up, fine. But it's not really conducive to, like I said, Joe, you know, three, four to one for, for the returning Ryder Cup players that just got absolutely tonked. And, and if they, if they, as you say, if they hit the right, wrong uh, day at Carnoustie, uh, oh, it's just, are they going to be bothered? They're just going to give up, aren't they? I think it's going to go, no, I can't do it anymore. I think the other thing as well is that, like, someone like Victor Hovland is playing one very early in his career, knows he's got 10 of them in front of him, eight of them in front of him, whatever. Shane Lowry's waited all that time to play that one, made it a massive career goal for himself, gets a captain's pick wants to go and prove himself and then did have had a fairly good account of himself to be honest but like you say the first thing that he sits down you know in that pressure is not going to be you know your form's been really good how do you feel coming into the Daniel Links it's going to yeah. be you feel miserable about the Ryder Cup right and and what did Patrick Harrington get wrong or did you feel you were mistreated or, or whatever so uh, yeah I agree I just thought it was worth mentioning the the, the counter argument so that yeah, to see your thoughts I just think it's, this is unique this it's is different. this was yeah. this was just getting beat this was this, humiliated Basically, there was no hope from day one. No. They knew that. Yeah, you can give all this, all this bravado. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, they knew it. They knew it. And you've then got. All right, let's let's say halfway through that. You know, I think we were up in three. Final. Sorry, did you go back and ride a cut? But I think the final, final session on Saturday. I think we were three-one up at one point. And there was a glimmer. We'd have gone behind ten-six. We'd have gone behind. Yeah. There was a glimmer of hope. But once that went, I, I don't care what they believe going into Sunday they knew that was it that was it um, and, uh, I, it's just a struggle I mean if there'd have been a week in between fair enough yeah but yeah. I, 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 I'll be if one of them win it then brilliant because that's mentally amazing to me yeah no, anyway, I agree and, and also to be honest the favourites don't always do that well here anyway do they so on the Lynx golf forces but let's move on we're talking about Sean Crocker obviously you yep. just touched upon him there uh, massive, massive fan of Sean Crocker. I spent uh, you know an awful lot of time following around Wentworth on that final day, as I said uh, on the previous podcast. Um, we, we've been long-term admirers of him purely because we are looking at him statistically and and all these models, barring his putting, suggest that he's going to win soon, and, and he will. Um, I'm not a massive fan of making such statements that they will win in the future, but I think it's pretty safe bet to say that he will. Um his form since what the European Open, I suppose, this year 11th miscut of Scandinavian, 29th, 9th, a couple of miscuts in the second, fourth, 18th, 9th. And, and they've been in decent events as well. Um, and to be honest, at Wentworth, I don't think he's done an awful lot wrong. I think that his even his putting, you know, the putting is his weakness and he won't have gained a lot of strokes on his putting, but they were burning so many edges. He was so, so unfortunate an awful lot of the time and like you say I don't think that putting is is a massive thing here I think we've seen some bad putters win this event on multiple occasions and you know everyone's going to struggle big greens big complexes a lot of break etc 
the ball striking should come to the fore. I think that when when wind comes into play, the, the temptation is to to get away from the people and just go for people that you know can flight it low and, and deal with the conditions. But ultimately, the people that strike the ball best should still probably strike the ball best no matter what the conditions. And, and having someone that you can rely on in that arena is probably quite important. So I can see the appeal for uh, for Sean Crocker. Yeah, I'd be, inter- I'd be interested to see how he goes. Um... Like I say, I, I really like Wentworth form, whether whether it's this year's or last year's. I don't know, I'd probably get the wrong year, but I'm pretty convinced that the top 10 will have Wentworth, a lot of Wentworth form in it. So, yeah, can't knock the top 10 there. Like you say, uh, the fourth at Crowns as well, actually, works works quite interestingly there. Um, and if you go back far enough, you can you can make cases um, for uh, the trophy Hazan as well, um, where he was second as well. So, uh, I, I think... I do think he's he's a player like Veerman that's been knocking at the door and, and whether it happens or not, who knows, he may well go you know, the next three years without it. But mm. um, as soon as he does, I think he'll free himself up. Um, and the question is price, as always. Is it worth taking the chance? I think it's worth taking the chance at 55, to be honest with you, the way he's playing. I'm, I'm not sure that, apart from the Carnoustie, whether his um, sort of accuracy off the tee will matter. Because obviously, you know, um, at St Andrews, you can just wallop it an absolute mile wherever you like it. You'll still be on the fairway. Yeah. I mean, you might be on the 12th fairway playing the fifth <laughs> summit, but you will be on the fairway. Um, but where it matters on the difficult courses, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see how he does it. But he, he appealed just because his overall profile and, and uh, just, yeah, for me, sort of suggests that he's, again, going to be top 15, top 20. And, like we say, you know, it's a roll of a ball between becoming 15th and 8th. So, yeah. yeah, I thought it was worth it. And I just think, like, your profile, you say you like Wentworth. He's got that top 10 there in a, in a you know, very strong field with a lot of people chasing Ryder Cup points. Uh, the Irish Open, Australian PJ Championship back in 2017, 7th. You know, they, they tend to be sort of wind-affected wide open. Dubai, 14th. China, you like 10th. Scottish Championship, 9th. You know, <laughs> there's, there's so many things that point to good performances. And I'm not... I wouldn't be prepared to just put a line through Sean Crocker just because the temptation would be to say he can't play Lynx golf courses. I think we've seen enough Americans win Open Championships in the past. We've seen Brooks Koepka, Chris Stroud and Peter Uline finish second year in the top in what, the last five or six years. So they're fine. You know, There's not a problem at all. So um, the other guy around here that I thought was interesting was Callum Hill. You know, uh, someone was putting him up for the future Ryder Cup team, and I said, and they were putting him alongside kind of Guido and the Hoygaard twins, and the, and, all, and, and you know they've all got claims, but eventually some of these are going to regress. So I think you know I think they've had a, as I said about Hill a lot. I think that he had he took advantage of a very beneficiary schedule. You know when they were playing those resort courses back to back, and he managed to get some forms and confidence, and I think that helped him a lot. I think he's since proved himself as a as maybe that is actually the level he's going to be at, regardless of, of how the, the schedule works out in the future. And and now I, I think this is, I don't think it's another step up, because obviously he's won. Um, but it'd be interesting, you know, he missed that cut at Wentworth when he was probably quite fancy to do well. And I'd just like to see him now come and do it in this sort of event. I know it's still not the mass, you know, not, you know, the biggest field in terms of, of heavy favourites, but... When you look back, he was second after 36 holes here in 2019, ninth after 54, 12th um, after the first round. So he's been inside the top 12 the first three rounds and just had a... He didn't even have a bad day. shot 72 on the final day. Um, you know, that, that can happen to anybody, especially when, you know, a couple of years ago. I think he's changed since then. 
current form suggests that he's in you know great shape and I think you, you just like Crocker just like Veerman who we talked about just now I think all three of these guys um, you're getting a good price on knowing that they're going to be kind of 28 30s you know even less sometimes um, in the upcoming events you know you've got four or five players sub 20 to one that are kind of keeping those at that price and if you're willing to put a line through three of them because of the Ryder Cup then suddenly they look like great value these three guys that we just talked about mm-hmm. yeah so that's where we'll leave those ones and then the next one I've actually definitively gone for is Matthew Jordan we've been yeah, talking okay. about him a lot haven't we um, all year we've obviously circled for this event all year um, I love the fact that he missed the cut at Wentworth to give us this price. I think if he made the cut or did what at Wentworth, I think he'd be not half this price looking at the others, but probably 40 to 1 instead of 70 to 1. Um, and he missed the cut on the number, which is no great shakes. Obviously, he won that, the Dunhill links as an amateur, didn't he? Um, you know, was, I think he was 32nd here on debut after shooting a 77 in the first round. Um, fifth here in 2019 after leading after two rounds. So, We've, we've kind of said with Jordan, the breakthrough is probably going to come at this event, if not somewhere else in the British Isles. And I think 70-1, given his recent current form, is uh, is a great you know, price, really. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I like Jordan. I've, we've been saying about him every time it goes linksy or whatever, we've been saying Jordan. I stuck him up for Fairmont. He played well. Um, he's got Portugal form, which ties in very well with Qatar, which ties in very well with here as well. So they've got that linksy feel. Um, top 20 in Scottish Open, yeah, top top five round here in 2019. Everything about him is screams links. All his junior form is, is you know, basically links. Um, and he did look he did look excellent, didn't he? Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, is he too obvious? It's possible that he's too obvious. It's a bit like, um, I know he's not Rory, but it's exactly when Rory came out. I think I'm pretty sure I've got something like 66 to 1 Rory McIlroy here on, on one of his first two outings <laughs> um, because I thought he was almost definitely going to win this at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he looked really good at uh, Switzerland when I didn't think everything went his way. I, I like Matthew Jordan. I think he'd be fairly obvious, to be honest with you, but equally his credentials are there and, and it wouldn't have surprised me to see him somewhere around 50s. So 71 and 66 to 1 looks very fair. I'd, I'd be very happy to put him. I think the only, first time winners, so yeah. the only reason to go against him is, like you say, does he look too obvious? And are you just falling into a trap that, you know, there always seems to be someone with, with storming course form that, that comes out and he's got good current form and, and he misses a cut? But yeah, well, you're not so you're not be. looking at someone at 25 and 30 to 1, are you? You're looking at a 70 to 1 price about a golfer that ticks every single box you can really want him to. Current form, good approaches, trend in the right direction towards a win. Winner on, you know, on the courses uh, as an amateur. Um, yeah, 70 to 1, I don't think there's uh, yeah, exactly. a lot to yeah. dislike. Yeah. Before I let you come on to your next pick, I'm just going to have a little mention of Jamie Donaldson. Uh, I think he's, you, you've mentioned him a, an awful lot, to be fair to you, um, in, in recent weeks. And and he's done, you know, he's, he's had a little sort of renaissance, hasn't he? Um, he, he did look in the doldrums for a little while. Um, even back in lockdown or just out of lockdown when he was first coming out and playing well he was rolling around in the fairways trying to stretch his back out and it looked like it might be sort of like gone for him and, and then all of a sudden he's, he's contending at Wentworth he comes second there played really really well 
Um, third not long before that at the Kazoo Classic, wasn't it? And yeah, I mean, his, his course form here dates back a few years. Hasn't played well. I think it's the last three or four missed cuts. But he's a different player again now. Feels like he's coming back into that sort of, I guess, probably a third stage of his career for someone like Donaldson. I think he had a second stage when he was winning those events and getting into the Ryder Cup team. Um, but, you know, he, he's played some great golf here in the past. He's got two top tens. He's got another 13th before those little run of missed cuts recently. So 70 to 1 I thought was interesting. I'm not sure I can quite go there with the, with the amount that I've got around his price range, but I thought he was worth mentioning. Yeah, we're big fans of Jamie Donaldson. I'm not sure whether if, if I'm not saying he won't win again, but if he, he doesn't win sort of this season coming up, then I'm not sure yeah. if he's going to win again, to be honest with you. I think he'll have missed his time, which yeah, would be a shame. But um, yeah, big fan. I, I'm never going to complain if Donaldson wins. I think he deserves a win. And I'll happily cheer him on without any money on him. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Go on, give us, um, give us your first okay. one. I sort of mentioned him for sort of future Ryder Cup picks and uh... no actually no there's one before oh okay call me sorry do apologise I've been <laughs> looking at him we did mention him earlier and yep. I've been looking at looking at him looking at him and for the first time since he blew Italy last year and he did blow Italy oh. I'm going to stick Laurie Cantor up yep um, I actually think he's a massive price this week um, yeah I'd agree with that right uh, where am I I've got to get me notes Tom so <laughs> Well, I'll feel while you're, while you're doing that. I think that... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's second at Portugal. Tommy Fleetwood was uh, tied third. Uh, uh, Lagergren, who you may talk about because you love him a lot, was uh-huh. tied third as well. Uh, Lagergren was also uh, tied fifth at DP Worlds, which fits in very, very well here. Um, obviously, he's got a tied second round here anyway. Um, and uh, also tied second at um, Wentworth just a few weeks ago. Um and the point about Cantor is, he's got marriage factor, I believe, now, do you not? Yes, he got married last yep. week. Eddie Pepper was also in booted, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So, Cantor's um, no, a green game, when it's on, is absolutely awesome. We know his problem. He, he can't putt. Um, he can't finish off some fantastic play. Uh, but looking at it, as you say, you don't have to win at 71, then getting a place is, is absolutely fine. And I love his overall profile. I think for here... You know, his length off the tee when it comes to St Andrews, uh, he's you know, I, I, you know, I think he'll drive 18 no problem. Um, par five is going to mean meat and drink to him. It's as always a matter of luck of the draw. So going at 70 to one rather than you know the shorter 28s and stuff like that, I actually really like him. I, I, I'm definitely putting him up. So um, that's Cantor. But the other one, sorry, the other. If, hold on, so you know what my notes are like. Well, I'll, uh, just, I'll just add something to that Kansas thing before you come on something. Is I think it will suit him. You know, the couple of times that we've seen Kansas in the past, not blow, you know, he has blown an event in Italy and he did sort of, he, he lost out in, in Portugal and in Dubai. I think it'll actually suit him coming from a second at the BMW to another prestigious event where he's not, it's, the focus isn't going to be on him. He's not like he's suddenly gone from a 66, 71 chance to kind of like an 18, 21 chance who's, who's a shoe in to, to win his event, you know, finally. I think it will help him that there's going to be all those guys at the top you've mentioned um, fielding questions about Ryder Cups. We've got other guys like Jordan. You've got people like Crocker that are going to be going for first wins. You've got... The, the, there's so many people to talk about. I don't think the massive limelight's going to be on cancer. I think that there's been enough time to get over that horror chip on 17 at, at Wentworth to, to kind of put that in the back of his mind. And I think, you know, 
if he can just see the positives, which I think he's the type of guy that he is, rather than the negatives in that kind of loss. He shot a 67 in the final round. You know, it, it, he played well really up until that point and just hit one bad shot. Um, hopefully he takes it into into this event and does well. Yeah, yeah I, I just thought it price-wise, again, mm. you know, you put him in at 40, 45, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I just think 71. I'll offer that Wentworth thing that I put huge, huge faith with the marriage. He's obviously happy. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I just thought it was a big price. I thought I, I don't mind. He can finish, you know, he can he can tie first overnight and finish sixth. That's fine. Yep. Sounds uh, like next, one, <laughs> next one then is uh, Nikolai Hogard, who yep. um, like we you know, look. There's, there's no secrets about him. We know we know about him and Rasmus. Um, be interesting to see which way they go. It may well be the same as um, sort of Dodo and Franny, whereas uh, you know Franny ends up and you know after a while of never winning being being miles better than, than Dodo so this may happen I, I've got a feeling actually that Nikolai might be a more versatile player than, than Rasmus Hogar but I don't know um, but, I mean if you want really spurious you go back to the European amateur um, which I think I bought up a couple of weeks ago as well um, that's full of winners I mean it's just, just incredible really uh, Alfie Plant who eventually won on the Challenge Tour won that in 17 Ty Schmidt, who obviously played fantastic golf um, a couple of weeks ago, he's won it twice. Um, and Nikolai Hogard won it in 2018 from Victor Hovland, one of the runners up, interestingly enough. I just think he's taking his time to, to actually do it. We've been commenting on his on his overall game for a while, but he hasn't actually sort of you know, done it. Uh, Italy, he, he held on, I think. You know, I'm not saying he wouldn't have won, but he sort of held on in what was you know, quite a difficult final round. Um, played all right at Wentworth a um, couple of weeks ago, 67-69 through the middle. A couple of weeks off. Um, what are they, 20? These yeah. two. Um, he also appears in all three of the Tita Green, Greens and Regan approaches, top 30 of the year. So, um, you know, that clearly makes them in the, probably in the top 20, I think. Top 18, top 20 of, of this field. Um, I just think he's got enormous amounts of improvement. Danish, Nordic, uh, Nordic league would have played in wind and, and vaulting conditions and freezing cold for many, many, many years. I'm just really interested to see how he goes, and, and I think he could be anything. So um, there's a bit of 80 about if you can get that. 66, I thought was was again was very fair for a young kid that I I, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, but I suspect that that he'll look quite big at this time next year. Yep, I'd agree with an awful lot of that. I think before we move on into into definitive long range selections, someone that there is some hundreds one about him, and there is mainly eighty to one about him. Danny Willett, I thought was interesting. Just he doesn't look like he's in winning form, which is the first thing you've got to point out. But it doesn't look a million miles away. Um, and you know we know what Danny Willett is at this stage of his career. He turns up at the same sort of places all the time. Um, he's got a second, fifth and a sixth in the event. He was 26th here last time in, in 2019, um, which seems to be a result that an awful lot of people that I've decided to pick on. So, you know, not playing his best golf, but we just know what Danny Willett's about. You know, we know he's a, he's a major winner. Um, he's, he's a he's a class player in this kind of field. I just thought 100 to 1 about Danny Willett in an event you know he likes, in a style of golf that you know he likes, might just be of interest. Yeah, not for me, but 
you know, as you say, this is this is unique. It's a unique tournament, isn't it? You you either like it or you don't like it, and if you don't, you're going to play pretty crap. Um, that's it, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take the chance. Doesn't matter. Absolutely. Yeah. Two more for me in that same sort of bracket as well, um, and then I'll come on to you. If there's any sort of long shots for you, Matthew Southgate after missing yeah. every cut in this event, finally finished second in 2019. Um, if the weather gets tough, he's going to love it. You know, I don't really need to make the point that everyone makes about Matthew Southgate at this stage. Um, if he's on a Lynx golf course, then give him a chance. I think he's 150 to one again, so. 151 seven places Southgate on links. Just give it an auto look. Chris Wood, um, 300 to one. Not playing good golf, um, but came back at the Dutch Open, didn't he? Recently played pretty well, um, and it looked like there was going to be a sort of bit of a renaissance in his game. Sort of earlier on in the season, he had that uh, 21st at the Austrian, 11th at the British Masters, 32nd at the Kazoo, and then 32nd again at the Dutch Open. I think he was placed better than that for, for a majority of that. So, you know, this is a guy that we, we sort of touted as a future Open winner, a bit like what you've been doing with, with McIntyre. He was of that same ilk. You know, he won guitar, won Wentworth, uh, third in the Open, fifth in the Open. Yeah, I mean, if he gets in with a chance down the stretch, you know, if, if he says, you know, he holds on and he's, he's got the thing on Sunday... I definitely think he's he's got the uh, the cojones to do it. I think he's certainly, you know, in with the chance if, if he can hold on for that long. Again, I'm not arguing. You put case up, I'm not arguing, mate. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Anything else for you in these sort of long shots? Callum Shinkman. Mm-hmm. Callum Shinkman for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. I thought if he was going to win, it was going to be on links. I mean, there's enough form there to to suggest why. Um, he's got form at the KLM. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's got form at the Scottish Open. Interesting that the 2016 Scottish Open, I'm pretty sure, in fact, at some stupid price, I think. Um, he was tied eighth, and, and you look through that, and you've got Alex Norrin, who's 16th here. Cyril Hatton's obviously won this twice. Manicero, uh, Nicky Colsarts, Richie Ramsey, Andy Sullivan. You know, it's Gray McDowell. It's full of um, Martin Kime. It's full of Lynx people. Um, so that was a sort of a precursor to, to him surely winning, even though I wouldn't have necessarily expected it at Cyprus. Um, I, I like his overall form. He's got a tight 10 PA at 63 um, during last year's uh, during the 2019 tournament. Um, he, he's honestly, he's so much better than he's showing. Hmm. I, I don't know whether it's an attitude. Uh, he seems to have a sort of sort of armitage attitude sometimes um, you know again I've got my Armitage down here as, as big at 1901 but um, I, I just think once he once Shinkwin sort of calms down um, I, I think he's going to win loads he's got he's so talented I mean he beat uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick between the English Hamita yeah. um, on his course real good heat um, he was you know he was absolutely top and he's taking his time uh, but he's got plenty of form everywhere, you know. Um, Irish Open, Scottish Open, it, everything about him suggests this is it. And he's he's a huge hitter. St Andrews has to suit him; it really does. And we know he's got his problems with his putting again, but haven't they all? Um, I've seen him. I remember him putting quite well on these greens, certainly St Andrews greens. And and yeah, I'm 141. I'm I'm very prepared to give him a go. I, I think this is him 
and uh, it's just a matter of um, his attitude really I think when it all goes wrong he, he shot 63 in that final round to, to get into the playoff at Cyprus Open with Cadiz and Moya yeah. um, the other people that he beat there is, is basically the whole host of names that we've, we've mentioned already on the podcast Jamie Donaldson and Matt Tyre in third uh, along with Garrett Higo who's obviously done what he's done Thomas Dietrich in 10th, Armitage you mentioned there, and Jordan in 12th, Southgate in 17th. You know, it's a very uh, linksy, you know, yeah. decent quality style of player, you know, thing. I just think that he's shown he's shown a lot in, you know, in recent recent starts. I mean, you go back to the Kazoo Classic when he was tied third, he shot 66 final round. All right, it came up short, but decent finishing, you know, finishing stretch. 67 on the final day when uh, Elvira won the Kazoo Open. Um, again, a couple of players, you know, finished better than him, but 67 is good in that final round. I just think, like you say, it could be an attitude thing. I think, you know, we've spoken to players in the past that were highly rated juniors and amateurs that maybe just take a while to settle down. I mean, at the end of the day, I think from from what he's shown, he he certainly got the balls to do it. Talking of Callum Shinkwin and his massive balls, Jason, I imagine he strolls those fairways on Sundays in the hope of finding a sleek, well-designed and optimised trimmer that makes shaving time his favourite time in the bathroom. Thanks to Manscaped.com and its Lawnmower 4.0 products, those hopes can now become a reality. Me and you have personally used this product in the past two weeks and both really enjoying it. It's not a subject we bring up on the Golf Betting Podcast, but it is something that's really important to the male community. I've always feared a trip to the accident emergency room when uh, you know doing my business in the past, always worried of nicking the sensitive area and having to visit the nurse. So, you know, I have every confidence now in shaving my boys thanks to Manscaped's cutting-edge ceramic blade, which features their skin-safe technology, which has alleviated all those fears. Now, that sounds like a little jargon, um, but it absolutely does give me brilliant confidence. It's got a 4000K LED spotlight, which leads me to shave with absolute precision. I can actually see what I'm doing. It's waterproof. I can use it in the shower. It makes me feel great. And now you, the listeners, and Callum Shinkwin, if he now wishes, can use the code LFW20 to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. There's loads of products on the website, not just the Lawnmower 4.0, that can make your grooming experience better than ever. And trust me, boys, your balls will thank you. Callum Shinkwin. Yeah, shake me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll just finish off by saying, I think you had it absolutely right. I, 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 it's about adaptability, isn't it? It's about going out there. You know, if you're at St. Andrews and it's, you know, and, and the wind's fair, give it an absolute wallop and he'll it, succeed. It's, it's about whether he turns up at one of the other courses and can adapt. But 140 or whatever he's going to be, 201 on Betfair, I, I think he's too big because I think rather like Lager Gren, who we're probably going to talk about next, um, this is, I believe this is his best his best condition. So I'm prepared to take the chance. And the results do say that, don't they? You know, he's got a, you know, aside from his win out the Cyprus Open, his best actual finish on tour was second at the Scottish Open in 2017. Um, I think it took a, a pretty monumental effort from Cabrera Bello to even get into that playoff. Shot 64 final round yet, and then beat him in the playoff. Um, you look at you know another eighth place finish in the Scottish Open. France tied ninth, which obviously got some sort of tough windy conditions there. Wales Open back in 2020 tied eighth. So yeah, like you say, I think actually you know you tend to say that I talk you into people. I think Callum Shinkman's a great shout. I think you know that top three and fourth place finish have probably been missed. Uh, recently, 16th at the Hero Open wasn't bad either as well. Um, broke 70 all four rounds there, and Grant Forrest obviously, you know, shot at 62 in the third round to sort of take the scoring away a bit. But yeah, I think that you know, miscut of the BMW PGA, 
okay, you've put stock in that, but I think that anyone can miss that, can't they? I think that's a, a very missable cut, um, improved in the second round, 75-70. So, yeah, I like it. I think Callum Shinkwin's great. Coming on to Joachim Lagergren, um, someone that, again, we seem to talk about an awful lot on this show. Um, doesn't always fulfil what you expect him to do, but his record in this is, is undeniable, isn't it? Full fourth, 12th, miscut third. Um that's just ridiculous form. I mean, that third in 2019 came after ranking 53rd at the leaderboard after round one. Um, Miss Cut, he was terrible that week. He, he didn't have any good rounds. But when he was 12th, he was 8th, 6th and 6th for the first three rounds. When he was 4th, he was never outside the top four and was second after round two. Um, and after on his debut, when he finished 4th, he shot 62 in the third round. So even getting that place, he was sort of hovering around the sort of 66-69 place in the leaderboard. So he's done it in a couple of different ways. He's done it when his back's been up against the wall. He's been done it when he's been chasing. Um, much like a lot of the people that we've been talking about here, it's, it's very obvious what his favourite part uh, of, of the world is. Um, there, there was some... I think it was, he opened at 150-1, to 1, did he not? I think might, there was actually 200-1 to 1 about him. First showing on William Hill, which is uh, quite surprising. Um, he's come back down to the sort of price that you would expect. Um, if you can still get 125, there is up in one firm. You can probably take 130 on Betfair. 128 places with Sky, but I think it's okay as well. When you start getting into the 1890s, I think you, there's probably better players, but it's undeniable, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's, he's basically uh, rather like. Sort of Shinkwin, Jordan, um, Southgate, that ball, that sort of player. I think when you know you're going to links, he's one of them that you automatically look up. Or he is, as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, got beaten a playoff at Qatar, which which is very nice to hear. Proves that Qatar and Portugal match up by coming third there. Um, one at Sicily, uh, which interestingly is designed by your man Phillips again. Yep. Um, he was 10th after round three at Wentworth. Um, three figures is, is, is great, isn't it? I mean, that's that's what he is. I mean, 200s was ridiculous, but, you know, you, you've, you've, you've got to be up at, like, flipping whatever oh, time on yeah. a Monday now to start getting him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with three figures for him. Yeah, absolutely. Northern Ireland challenged to a win as well. Um, and we've just spoken about all that. Qatar as well, second. So, yeah, everything about that. I think that probably puts... A bow on the Dunhill links, unless you have anything to say on that? No, no, absolutely fine. Coming on to the, the Sanderson Farms Championship then. Uh, headlined, uh, well, not headlined, but one of the defending champions, Sergio Garcia. He's, he's 20 to 1, coming over from the Ryder Cup. Made a decent account for himself once again. Um, but Zalatoris and Sam Burns share favouritism at 16 to 1. Sung JM 18s, the aforementioned Sergio at 20s. Corey Connors, 22 to 1. Um, Jason, of that sort of five there, anyone that kind of stuck out to you? Gold, hold on. <laughs> uh, I thought Sun JM looked, um, looked. I mean, it's Sun JM, so who knows what he's going to do. Hmm. But um, once again, like apart from all the other nonsense, um, I've got total birdies. You have to be, you have to be um, a very low score here. Total birdies and off the tee because you go back and look at previous winners. Um, obviously, some of them. Not necessarily absolute bombers off the off the tee, but it's quite easy here to uh, hit the ball and and get somewhere. Obviously, you've got Cameron Champ and and people like that. There's plenty of um, placed effort. Sam Burns um, and Sung Jae Im leads total birdies, and I think he was 16th for the year. 
in uh, off tee. Yep. That's going to be quite high up in this field, certainly. So he he made obvious appeal. Uh, you know what he's like, though. I mean, he's incredibly talented. Isn't he? Um, the, the problem is he is he is what he is, isn't he? And, and you know, th- these are the prices that you're now going to be taking about him. You know, he's placed in majors. I mean, the, you know, this is what you're going to be taking. Uh, I'm not sure when he's off to uh, military. Is it? Do you know when he's off to military? I don't. Early? But he. That's a good point because obviously he missed that through failing at the the Olympics, as did uh, Siwoo Kim. And, and and as we said, there was a lot of pressure on that because that does derail your career. It has done for for many. I don't I don't know many that have actually come back and and played so well. Is it two years out of your life? Um, to, and this is yeah, it's it's not good. And I guess you kind of want to get as much as you can in before then to try and give you the exemptions certainly before you go out there. Um, lost this in a playoff didn't need to Sebastian Munoz uh, yeah. back in 2019. So like you say, we know what he is. Um, is what I like about him, really, Jason, and it, I think it probably coincided with that that Olympic pressure. Since then, he's he's gone 24th, 16th, 3rd, and okay, he wasn't great at the Tour Championship, finishing 23rd on the uh, the OWGR sort of leaderboard, but you know, finished with a 68 on the final day to kind of look like he was oh, in decent place. You're talking different gear level of, of, of cricket, though, there, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's I, I know you know your limited field, but you're talking different gear. Yeah. Um, so this is just this is birdie fest stuff. Um, it is the fact that he, you know, he finished last year with the 66 to come, you know, from well outside the top 30. Um, it, I, again, you know, I'm not saying he's, you know, I, I'd be all over him, but I, I could certainly see myself having a, a shekel each way double with uh, Billy Horshaw over the other side. Uh, so don't want to back him on their own, but yeah, I think they've got rock solid, rock solid uh, claims to be honest. Yeah, I th- Sam Burns. Sam Burns, I think, is carries similar thing, but um, I just think I think we've got to the bottom of him at sixteen to one. To be honest, yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I, if he wins, um, I'm not going to kick myself. Like there's, there's certain people that you oppose purely because of price, and you think I shouldn't have done that. I should have just gone with him. Um, yes, he had that third place finish here two or four, three years ago. I think it was. Um, he's had t- two very middling results and a miscut here as well. So I, there's no great need to jump on him i think i think the, sorry tom I, I mean in, in the fact that that sung jm leads him in both those categories um i mean not there's anything wrong with what burns is doing but the fact that he leads in both those categories for me on, a, on an overall form level but they're both the same price sung jm has to be shorter whether you think it's right or wrong their price are right or wrong it's just one has to be bigger than the other and burns has to be bigger than sung jm I think I think there's just a lot of steam about Sam Burns now because he was sort of maybe the, the last man off the Ryder Cup team, maybe if, if you feel that way. And yeah. you know he's yeah. a very popular name, and he has done well. You know, to be fair to him, he's elevated his game. That's he's great. he's becoming the player that we thought he could be, um, and he's well on his way. I don't the, he's not in the wrong place of the odds at all. Um, I just find, like you say, I find it hard. So I don't need to back him at sixteen to one when he's probably gonna maybe he finishes top 10 and, and has another couple of results like that and, and ends up 50 to 1 in a bigger event and he's just as capable of winning that I think so I'll just buy my time with him um, Sergio off the tee has been brilliant um, all year round did, did well pretty much at the Ryder Cup I think there was a couple of times where uh, John Rahm carried him but for the most part put in a good shift um, like we've said about like, on the European Tour I, I don't know 
quite if I want to be rushing to back Ryder Cup players in this. Um, Corey Connors and, and Mito Pereira make their obvious appeals as they have done in, in events gone past, haven't they? Especially Pereira, um, power off the tee, Everybody's got trending player. Yeah, I don't need to put Mito Pereira up if everybody's already told you to put him up. So I can't argue with 33 to 1. There's nothing, I can't say anything negative about Pereira other than the fact that I don't know whether he's, he's you know, going to go and win and don't first three to one you need to be definitely sure about that and another player in that bracket um that we do know about is, is keegan bradley um fourth on debut here last year fourth 14th 25th 11th straight scan approach in his last few he was 11th at the northern trust but we know what what holds keegan bradley back there's no there's no great shakes i'm not going to break any news here that he can't putt um and it's He's probably been the one that's never really gotten over that. I know he obviously had that win against Justin Rose in the playoffs uh, in 2018, but it's just it's just derailed him. I mean, this is a guy that was winning majors and and WGCs, and and he's just never bounced back from that. I mean, Porter's always talked about it when we talk about Webb Simpson. He, he just really hasn't been able to to come back from it. First three to one, those question marks come into place. But I do think he makes a, a lot of appeal to me. I mean, you look at the 11th of Northern Trust, 14th of the Rocket Mortgage, 17th PGA, 2nd Valspar. He's been there for most of last year, there or thereabouts. So there's no great surprise on the price there. Um, and then you've just got a list of usual suspects, I think, really. Siwoo Kim, Charlie Hoffman, Harold Varner are all sort of in decent form. Harold Varner especially, but like we said about him last time out, 35 to 1, don't really need to be on him. Cameron Davis, same I feel about yeah, him. He, no, he's, he's very interesting, Cameron Davis. Mm. I think. Um, sorry to interrupt you no, on, going mate. through there. Yeah, yeah, Rocket Mortgage actually fits quite well in with a couple of couple of winners here as well. Um, really difficult to, to sort of get a get a handle on him, I think. Um, I agree. Really good, really good in the wind. Um, and so this might be too easy. If, if you like, um, you know, a bit like we say about Catlin, for example, who I can't believe we didn't we didn't talk about on the other side, <laughs> but um, a bit like him in that I, I think he wants Australian conditions um, to win. But uh, you know, full respect to his chance here, I think he's he's got a tremendous chance to be honest with you. But it's it's thirty three years, so what? I had a lot of big price winners here, haven't we? Yeah. Um, in the past. Um, had a lot of first-time winners. I think it was before Garcia. It was six consecutive PGA Tour maidens, I believe. Um, so, you know, um, I'm not—he's not a maiden, but um, yeah, I think there's improvement in him. It's whether you think 33 is is adequate compensation. It's interesting about the maiden thing as well, isn't it? Because if you, if you talk about maiden victors, you'll immediately get drawn to Corn Ferry Tour graduates, given the time of year. But you look at it, and some of them are, you know, it's Ryan Armour and Peter Malnati and, and people like that that, you know, aren't necessarily. I mean, Malnati would have been, I guess, fairly new to it back then, but but Armour certainly wasn't. Um, and others that have been here, Kirk was here, you know, William McGirt, 2015, Davis Tom, David Tomsby, 2015. It's a real mix, eclectic mix of players that contend here. Um, Cody Gribble, we probably haven't heard of since then. I think he's a guy that fought off the alligator. I don't, I don't talk about Cody Gribble. <laughs> but it, I don't think there's any one player that you. I think that if you are a good driver of the ball, that obviously helps. But that's you know the formula to success in most places. A bit like when Butch Harmon said that making birdies and putting well was a good formula in four balls. I think it's a good formula for every golf course. So um, 
yeah, I've kind of gone a lot further down the field, um, mainly in the triple digits. I know you've got a couple here short of 100s one. Aaron Wise, I keep talking about as hoping he's going to kind of have that second wave that, you know, his brilliant rookie of the year, wasn't he? And I think that, I think there is improvement in him coming. Ches Reeve, he's a good driver of the golf ball. Matthew Wolf is going to come back and do something again soon. He's still very young. Um, one player that we both spoke about before we move on to, to your selection and the triple digits was Taylor Pendriff. Um, yeah. He was awful with his irons uh, at the Fortinet. Absolutely terrible. But he led the uh, led the team in uh, strokes gained off the tee. And that is just kind of what he is. You expect him to be absolutely brilliant with his driver. He was tied 36th there. Uh, he gained sort of four four strokes. You know, it was absolutely ridiculous off the tee. Um, and yeah, okay, he didn't he didn't kind of set the world up that 36th, but it kind of showed us what he was. Um, his irons are going to improve. It's probably a better golf course this time around for him. Just whether you think 70 to one when there's another whole host of kind of corn free tour graduates that that make similar appeals at bigger prices. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Yeah, it's it, like it's again. It's one of them. It's a bit like the links. It's it's quite unpredictable because mm. anybody can catch fire here, can't they? And, and it'll be job done. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know whether whether it does go in the way of sort of Sergio Garcia and somebody like our old mate Kevin Streelman comes up and wins, and we yeah. start going through experience. I mean, Streelman loves it here. He's obviously got loves it. The Travelers, the Travelers links in with a lot of players here as well. Um, you know, and he can go low. Um, as we know, when he chased Dustin down at uh, wherever it was, I can't remember. Um, yeah, so so it'd be interesting to see which way it goes. Um, I'd like to mention Matthias Schwab, if only for the fact that he was actually on my list had he played um, uh, the Dunhill Links. Yeah. Um, he's another one that appears in all three of those at, at Dunhill Links. So if we go through that against Teeter Green, Greens and Regan approaches, which is absolutely fine here as well. Um, He's eighth at the Tour Championship. I'm not going to go through it all, Tom, that we did, like, I gave you a 10-minute spiel off before we came <laughs> on. But that Tour Ferry... Tour Ferry, Yeah, Tour Ferry. Tour Ferry and Keb.com, right? And the Web.com Tour He's Championship chef, actually, actually lead to an awful lot of placed efforts in this tournament. As you'd expect, because it wasn't a highly rated tournament. It was, it was an opposite event, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but if you look back, I mean, a lot of the top two over the past five or six years you know, have relevant form here. Um, so it's quite interesting to see him, you know, he was eighth, obviously, at the Corn Ferry and got his card. Um, he's a brilliant a green player. Uh, we know his problem. I mean, it's, it's always been a problem, is that if he has a two-foot putt, you want to run and hide and, and stay under the covers and don't watch it. But it'd be really interesting to see how he goes because he's, he's, he's got the game for, for some of these courses. So, um, I thought he was of huge interest, to be honest. He's definitely a guy that doesn't get an awful lot of Ryder Cup talk in the next couple of years that that could be absolutely brilliant for us. I mean, like you said, it, it oh, you do need the putts to drop, don't you? Schmidt. Has anybody put Schmidt up? Matthias for, Schmidt. Um, has anybody put him up for a Ryder Cup in two uh, years? There's been, be... there's been a couple of mentions, but... Oh, OK. Well, carry on, sorry. But no, but... but, but... <laughs> But it's interesting that there is those couple of guys and, and that profile. And, and you were talking about Schwab and when you were talking about Hovland, you were saying that tee to green always works week to week, but generally you need the putts to drop in the Ryder Cup and that's what he's going to have to find. But it, there's no better limelight for him to put himself into on the PGA. You know, if he's successful on this PGA Tour, 
European tour split that he's going to do, um, you know, it could be really great for him. I think that there is a, an awful lot, you know, ahead for Matthias Schwab. I mean, I've been very right. critical of him because of his putting, but he's got the game, hasn't he? He he, he rem- reminds me. He doesn't. He, it's not dissimilar to um, Webb Simpson of old. Hmm. Constant, it's constantly fantastic. He's keeping giving him six to ten, twelve foot chances all the time. And and look, it might never ever happen, but um, there's just something about him. That I don't know why. As I say, he was on my list for for over the other side, and this is a far easier tournament for him. This is bang on a tournament for him. Um, be interesting to see how he goes. Um, Anyway, before we move on to these, these triple-digit bombs, uh, Metzger's oh, well, Sorry, I will go. I will go again. Have to mention Joseph Bramlett, who we have spoken about in the past, who now looks fit. I think mm-hmm. say he's good. He's one hundred percent fit. Um, obviously, won the web.com and like I say, that is a, a huge guy to um, to performances here. So I, I've got to mention him. Uh, Patrick Rogers. We mentioned Patrick Rogers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mentioned Patrick. Again, both both Stanford know, University guys. Again, I think, yeah, I think he, he'll probably end up. He, if I haven't done the field, I've only done last year. He's got to be top twenty in uh, off the tee, and certainly top ten in total birdies for last year. Patrick Rogers. Um, there's there's a point where Rogers is going to actually pay everybody's uh, confidence in him because there's an awful lot of people that he owes money to. Um, again, top fifteen at the web.com Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Um, absolutely fine in regards to this. Um, opposite events, which I don't know if you can call it an opposite event, but um, he does really, really well. Fifth at the Barbasol, 13th at Barracuda, he's got to play before, before that. Um, I, 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 he looks like he's going the right way now. Six at the Fortinet, or whatever it was called last time, uh, finishing with a 67. At some point, he's going to do a lot. How, how many people have we got that we said were great as, as kids? You know, it's, uh, there's hundreds of them, but he looks to be he looks to have figured it out now. Um, we'll see. But I, I, again, I thought it's a price thing, isn't it? But I thought at seventy to one, I, I thought you know, sixty-six. I've got don't know what he was earlier. I thought he's well worth a go. You know, Doug Gim is another one. Fantastic tee green. Um, there's so many here, but yeah, definitely Rogers. I, I'm, I'm putting up Rogers for out of that lot. I just I just wanted to mention before I move on someone I wasn't really considering, but but Mexico's best golfer Carlos Ortiz has got two yep. top four finishes on the golf course. Um, current form isn't great, you know, stats aren't great, which is why he sort of hasn't popped up. But we kind of seen with him he, that that he can sort of turn it on on the courses that he likes. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think that we know he can win, can't we? We, we know he's done that. He's, he's held off Dustin Johnson. Um, his iron play hasn't been terrible, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Just maybe not the price that I wanted on him this week. But going into sort of the hundred to one range, um, Bronson Bagoon made some appeal to me. He was fourth with his irons last time out, thirtieth before that, you know, many many weeks ago before that. But he was second at the uh, the Corn Free event that you were talking about, the Tour Championship, um, and that's obviously a, a good indicator. Uh, 16th, I believe it was, at the Fortinet Championship as well. Um, is he got massive improvement in him? I don't know. Uh, I think he's capable of winning, and I think he's certainly capable of winning at this level. I think when you look at people like Malnati, you look at Ryan Armour, you look at those types, I think he's he's as good as those in terms of uh, upside. And I think 100 to 1 about a player that's, that's played well here in the past, I mean, I think that's a decent price. Yeah. 
I, again, I, I I just find it it's it's very hard to argue with anybody, isn't it? And it, and it, and, I, and I think and I think the trouble with this as well is I feel a bit about this event like I felt at the Fortinet where I just felt there was a lot of guys around 100 to 1, 125 to 1, even 300 to 1 that I thought you know they, they've all just got winning yeah. upside and. And I've never really got a strong feel for any of them. But, you know, 6th and 20th in, in uh, two of his four starts here um, with Drew and Mr. Cut and the other two. But, yeah, I just thought there was enough to like about Bronson Bagoon. Um, at the same price, Scott Pearce, he's been playing some good golf, um, hitting the ball incredibly well. Uh, not got massive, I don't think he's really got anything here. Um, but I, I think he's the type that can, that can turn it on any time. But the one for me, and, and someone that I know you're, a massive fan of and someone that you've been following for an awful long time is John Organstein. Um, yeah. It took an awful long time, it felt like, for him to to capitalise on the starts that he was going to get after that Masters. And I don't know if it's just COVID-related. I don't know. If it, I think it might have even had a little bit of an injury as well. Um, but he was he was missing cut after cut after cut after that, that Masters. He was 55th, wasn't he? But you look at his last three starts and they date back to to May, so he had 20th in the Charles Schwab, 30th, 7th at the Wyndham, and 6th at the Fortinet. Now, he's only two uh, two shots outside the top 10 at the Charles Schwab. He shot a 65, I think it was, in the second round at the Wyndham Championship as well, and then he was 6th at the Fortinet, and that's, you know, that's massive progression for someone that, for me, when you look at it, like, you've already spoken about his potential, you've spoken about his upside, very good amateur results, etc, etc, but I think they're really impressive results, mainly considering the fact that he's just not been playing anywhere. So I think it's really, really hard. I mean, we spoke uh, to Wills Alatoris and he sort of said that it was so hard going to Monday qualifiers and then trying to get into a field or, you know, a corn Ferry event and, and not quite having status anywhere. And, and when you were getting hot, you had nowhere to play and, and that sort of stuff. And that probably feels a little bit like how John Organstein's felt. But the last two starts, 23rd and 3rd with his uh, strokes gained approach uh, in the last eight weeks in this field, he's actually leading. Um, obviously he's not played a lot of events in those times so his averages is, is a lot better off but I, I'm just interested to see what he does I mean I think that there's still I mean, he's 175 to 1 best price 150 to 1 with the with the 7 places with Skybet and I just yeah I'm, I'm pretty happy to see how that goes with John Organstein he's shown what he can do um, he's now finished 8th in a PGA Tour event in sort of a I suppose you can call it a real-life situation where he's kind of gone up against the people that he's going to be contending with every week. 175 and 150 to one of that player of his talent, I thought was really good. Yeah, absolutely. The sky's, the sky's limit for him, to be honest with you. Um, there's, like you say, there's, there's so many of them, aren't there? Um, obviously, he hasn't come through this, this sort of hard web.com stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, he's gone from amateur to, to full professional, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does. But yeah, it's it's a fantastic progression of form, and, and yeah, we'll see how he progresses. But yeah, I, I do rate him, and, and obviously the, the amateur that beat him in the uh, Masters, Ogletree, but Ogletree's completely gone at the game at the moment. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll have a look and see what Augustine does. Yeah, he could be anything. What about Wyndham Clark? If you're looking at the the bomb and yeah. gouge type profile, he's, he's just another that we've seen what Cameron Champ's done to his golf course, and I don't think that's Generally, I don't think it's that type of golf course that you can ultimately just do that to, otherwise it'd be a, a completely different profile of winners. But there is an option to do that, and that is his route to success, isn't it? Yeah, he, to, he was a fantastic putter, wasn't he? For uh, yeah, he was, a led of years the well. tour, didn't he? But he did indeed. 
like like we say, there's been six consecutive PGA maidens. Yeah. Um, and I, th I think that just makes. I just think that makes it a really hard event to pick. Like you, you go to some events and you can kind of knock out. 50, 60 players straight off the bat. Um, you, you can just completely draw a line for them. And I just don't think you can do that at these sort of events in the fall. It, well, the only thing is, is obviously that was it was a it was a secondary event, mm. whereas now it's potentially put on as a, you know you see that the, the field is slightly better. It doesn't help that it's coming a week after the Ryder Cup, but um, it just yeah, like I said, it'd just be very interesting to see what happens. You know, will we have will we have the Gribble Arbors champs winners? You know. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, why not? I mean, personally, as a, as a graduate of the, as well as Pendrith, I think there's a grad, two graduates. Um, uh, Thigala, I think, is is somebody that I think you could virtually fight up every week until he wins. Yeah. Because I think he will win at some point. Um, but even better price, and I think huge value, is Grayson Sig, mm -hmm. who's a multiple winner on the lower level. Um Almost, I don't think you say dominated. Um, Twenty-one. I mean, yeah, he's won a he won a couple of times. Um, uh, where am I going with this? Hold on. Uh, Grayson, Grayson, Sig, bear with me, kids. Oh God, I've got Lucas Glover up. Uh, <laughs> That's always a worry. Sig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he's another one. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he's, he's clearly very experienced. He clearly knows how to win. He can shoot very, very low. Uh, Knoxville Open, 61, 68, 65, 66. At the Alberta Bois Open or Boys, or however you say it, three rounds of 65. He knows what he's doing. You mentioned the 40 net last time. Um, he was 30th, book ending with 68 and 69. I think most people expect him to win on tour. I think they've been saying that since they knew he was going to graduate. Yeah. Why not in this 141 in, a, in an event that is going to be one of the easiest that he's going to sort of take part in this year? Um, to be honest, there's loads, isn't there? I mean, you can go on about Doc Redmond. I mean, he was supposed to win, wasn't he, in inverted commas. Um, but I'm going to pick Grayson Sig because I think he's got something there that makes him... I think he'll be a regular PGA Tour player properly in a few years and take 141 now because um, I don't think he'll be that in three months' time. The lazy comparisons, I suppose, is, is his sort of Georgia stopper players, isn't it? You've got you've got the Harris Englishes and you've got the, the yeah. Pan Kazai's yeah. and the Hudson Swaffers, etc. Um Yeah, why not? Why not though? Why not? If if there's a mentality in a region and, and through the colleges and, and through the coaches, why not? And and also I think he's a guy that everybody's been talking about, but somehow still seems to get left off because you've got yeah. the Pereiras, you've got the Pendriffs, um you've got Chad Ramey seems to get an awful lot of love every week because he had that sort of big run at the end. Uh, and, and not to discount that, I think he's a great player. Steven Yeager is someone that he's won so much on the secondary tour that he kind of demands his own sort of region. But yeah, I think Grayson Sig, I mean, we, we kind of spoke to him, we think he could possibly be the best of the bunch. And it's very hard to be very predictive about these players. Someone can come out completely and, and change the narrative altogether. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I think another one of the same ilk is Cameron Young. Um, yeah. Brilliant off the tee, isn't he? Um, I think through two rounds last time when he missed the cut, he was. He was right up there in terms of off the tee. Um, we know that's not his problem. His irons can be better and they can get a hot at different times. And his, his putting's obviously a concern. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I can't remember exactly, but I've got a feeling he's from the same sort of college as Will Zalatoris. Um, so that would be interesting to see how that pans out. We had those two back-to-back -back victories on the Corn Ferry Tour. And then he had a fifth and a tenth before the season finished. Missed the cut 
at the Tour Championship, but you know he'd done his job by then. Um, did miss a cut of the Fortinet, but I just I think one of the things that you can end up doing is you see these kind of corn ferry. There's big there's big expectations around him in their first event. They miss a cut, and you go, all right, well they won't make the step up, and you can quickly discount them, and, and it can cost you because you know I think there's certainly uh, some appeal to Cameron Young. So interesting to see how he goes, but. For me, like you said, Jason, I think there's there's so many. I mean, you've you've shouted some names to me. I'll shout some names to you. I don't think either of us hate any one of our picks. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't put them up. But you know, there's just I just look, I keep looking down the list. You have got Davis Thompson that was being raved about was is now 500 to one. Brendan Hargy is another one. You know, he's, he's he went out of form after everybody started backing him. Um, sixth at the Rocket Mortgage, 18th at the John Deere, fifth at the Barracuda. I mean, you know, he can absolutely smash the ball. You know, over everybody, can't he? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he's going to do that, you know, why not? Again, you know, it's. I mean, he's, he's at something stupid. He's at 175, 200 to one. Yeah. Uh, I don't like him because he absolutely saw the front of me for blinkers, didn't he? Mm. At, uh, I can't remember where it was now. Was it the John Deere? Yeah, I can't Somewhere remember now. But... Blinkers. Um, so he's another one that, that, that smashes the ball if that's the way you want to go. Um, but I, I like to think it would go the more sort of Sergio route where we'll have a bit more of a classical player to be honest but we'll see yeah absolutely that I think that like you say I think there's just so many that we could we could blabber on about for the next 20 minutes or we, we could kind of put a bow on it and, and stick with the guys that we've put up so I'm going to go back going back with the the Alfred Dunhill links uh, selections I've gone with Robert McIntyre at 35 to 1 Johannes Fearman at 45 to 1 uh, Callum Hill I think it's about 55 60 to 1 Matthew Jordan at 70 to 1. And then I think it's worth having a look into guys like Chris Wood, Matthew Southgate, Jamie Donaldson, Danny Willett. Uh, Minwoo Lee, who we didn't en- uh, mention, has obviously got uh, some pedigree to play well in these sort of events as well. Just don't know how he'll do if it gets tough. But Dan- Dunhill Licks picks for you, mate? Uh, Sean Crocker, Nikolai Hogard, uh, Matt Jordan, Callum Shinkwin, and uh, Lager Gren. And, but I, I, I will put up Paul Short as uh, an each-way double with Sanjay. In. I like it. Yep. Uh, I'm still not sure on Keegan Bradley. Uh, I want to do it, but I don't. I mean, I'm a massive fan of his anyway. Um, 33 to 1 just just feels really hard to get to. Uh, Taylor Pendriff, we spoke about, both like him at 70 to 1. Uh, Bronson Bagoon, 100 to 1. John Organstein is probably my favourite bet of the week at 175 and 150 to 1. Uh, with bigger places as well. Sanderson, uh, you? Yeah, uh, over there. Um, can't, uh, lost it now, but anyway. Um, I'm going to take a chance with Matej Schwab, um, Taylor Pendrith, Patrick Rogers, Joseph Bramlett, and uh, best bet is Grayson Sig at 140. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we've got... A selection of picks there again. It feels very much like the Fortin at this uh, this PGA event. I much prefer the kind of certainty that I feel at the Dunhill links more than anything else. But uh, as it is with golf, uh, there are no certainties. But any more business for you? We haven't spoken about cake in a while, have we? No, we haven't. We haven't. No, just interesting. Grayson six one forty at three six five and sixty six with obviously people you can't get on with but it's just interesting someone, um, someone can't get on they might as well go 500 someone's um, going to be very wrong there then, aren't they yeah probably the 66 <laughs> uh, uh, and it, no no I, uh, you know them biscuits oh they're lovely them biscuits 
You put these. Them, you put like, these up the other day. Was it the? They're stunning. I, I mean, call them chocolate Lebanese, but they're not, are they? Something that's like it, that. That's it. But you can also get the rip-off ones at Aldi's. Which yeah. Is exactly the same. Yeah. And I think you get twelve in a pack. With the with with the rip-off ones at Aldi, can you get the the chocolate orange and the mint and all that? And... I'm interested. I'm interested in dark chocolates. I don't care. Oh, you get um, the dark chocolate ones, do you? That's disappointing. Well, obviously, because I've got class, right? Um, age, I think it is. But... Age, age, class, same. <laughs> So I think you get four, four times three in a packet, and if you if you open the pack, it's basically you have to eat them all. And if you don't eat them all, there's something wrong with you. They're just stunning. They are just Moorish. They're just an incredible, incredible thing. So whoever invented them should be knighted immediately. So I've just looked at your picture again. They're called butter kecks. Uh, That's it. At Aldi. That's it. Is that Aldi? Lidl? Whatever. Um, yeah. Aldi. But they're, you know, the, the chocolate. I don't even know. I don't even know how to say the word that they are. But they're Lebanese, some of that, aren't they? Um, yeah. Stunning. They are. Stunning. They're a lovely biscuit. Um, I very much like the uh, the chocolate orange flavour. I also like the milk chocolate ones. Um, maybe when I get to, <laughs> to Jason's ripe old age, so I'll probably go on to the dark chocolate. I must admit, after seeing myself in a suit a couple of weeks ago, I'll probably lay off the cake and biscuits, and uh, probably do not need tempting into those. Um, but just one last order of business again, just to talk about our partners there at Manscaped. Uh, use the code LFW20 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Uh, plenty of products on there for you to choose from. It's not just obviously the trimmer itself, although that is a great product, um, but loads to choose from there. So head on over to there. Let us know what you think. Um, and, you know, any comments, any feedback that you've got for us, please do let us know. Jason, as ever, thank you very much for your uh, company and your wise words.